Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And it's Zach in for Nick today. Zach sub. We got some positivity in here to sub in for the negativity, man. I like the, uh, the, the swap out. How's it going, no negative, No negative Nick this week. Although, although sure. Nick's living his best life right now, we, we got to say. He's letting the entire internet know, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick did hit us in the group chat of the State of Miguel uh, with, with with Dan remark from last show saying four star. Uh, that's gonna be some beef when they get back with the four star yep. ratings and whatnot, man. So I, I like that energy. Uh, congrats to Nick again. He out there off the grid, enjoying uh, across the pond, vibing a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I think he's in Croatia right now, eating at Michelin star restaurants, letting everybody on the internet know. Um, but yeah, no, I think he was, uh, well, I don't think he was upset. I think he understood. I'm not trying to hit on his wife. I called yeah. his wife a high four star, Nick, a low two star. Um, yeah. I think she got a little offended. So apologies, Lauren. Um, you know, there's still time, you know, before final rankings are due, right? Uh, that happens in what, February? Is that when you guys do them, Zach? That's so, right. That's right. Evaluations are still taking place. Exactly. Right. You know, so, uh, shout out to Nick. Um, Zach, how you been, dude? I've been great, man. I just came off of a week with the fam, uh, you know, taking a little mini vacation, also doing some work mixed in with that. But got to see New York City for the first time. Got to go to Toronto and visit some family, see my uncle for the first time since 2007 mm-hmm. because my cousin graduated uh, from dental school. So that was that was nice to get out of the country and then drive, you know, that drive from you know, like upstate New York all the way down to New York City was beautiful going through yeah. the mountain ranges. I like I didn't even expect that when we planned the trip that it was going to be that impressive. So and then, you know, getting to spend two days in New York for the first time, that's, you know, it lived up to the height. And, uh, you know, we really did it for our boys like they that was a trip that they've been wanting to take for a while. Um, so we did it. And Central Park was probably the most impressive thing I saw for sure. Hell yeah. No, Toronto is a really cool city. If anybody has a chance to go out there uh, as well, I'm not sure if you had a lot of time to hang out there, but New York city is definitely a place to be, but no, you're right. That, uh, that area through like the finger lakes, if you went there or the Catskills is beautiful. Um, yes. Definitely encourage everybody to, to do that. It's not a trip. A lot of people take or think about taking, but glad, uh, glad you were able to. Yeah. Like there, lived- were, there were stops on the highway where it was giving you options to do like a scenic route and get off at an exit and overlook the mountains. We didn't, do it because we were jetting it to NYC, but uh, next time we take that trip, that's going to be planned. 
I lived up in uh, upstate New York mountains, man, in Mooresville. That's where I uh, played Juco ball at, bro. Ooh, Uh, okay. Yeah, the, the views is fire this time of year, but but that's a that's a hell of a winter, bro. I'm telling you right now, that <laughs> yeah winter is rough. i can imagine Yeah. i can imagine yeah we you know we on our way back we thought about actually uh stopping at some of the scenic routes and it rained the entire drive like all the whole four hour drive that we had and it was crazy because we thought okay at some point we're gonna drive out of this it's gonna be like florida it wasn't like it just rained the whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so and and when you're going through the mountains, like they're flood warnings, like it's it'd be easy, uh, you know, to pan. So we did we did fine though. It was it was a it was a fun trip. I'm we're, we'll definitely do it again. Yeah, I gotta do that with the kids. My son's name is Harlem, so he's like pops. You gotta you gotta get me up there eventually. Uh, it's not the same New York that we grew up with. Uh, it's, it's a lot cleaner. Even though when you went, nigga, probably like this ain't the cleanest, but it's a lot cleaner than. Uh, uh, when I was up there, uh, but overall, outside of uh, Central Park, what else did you enjoy uh, in New York? So, first thing we did was uh, pizza. We had I had mm. a whole thread on the Gators Online message board, and probably sixty percent, maybe more, of the replies told me to go to John's of Bleecker Street. Um, and then I looked up Dave's pizza review, and he said it was, he, you know, he took a bite, and was like, "This is the best pizza I've had at NYC." I'm like, all right, well, this is where I'm going. And um, so that was the first place we went, and it was it was legit. We got pizzas. We got appetizers. But I did the original, just the – you don't call it cheese. I guess you call it plain. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So – but it was it was legit. Like, I – it's probably the best pizza I've ever had. Um, in Manhattan? No, it was, was – um, I don't know where the area was, but it was it was literally – like directly across from Jersey City, which was where we stayed. Um, so that's a, a great nice village code because I was trying to figure out where to stay. I, I, I did not want to stay in like the thick of it. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I, I do the opposite when I go to New Orleans. Like I want to be right, <laughs> right there in the thick of it. But this was a family trip. I didn't want to be near Times Square or anything crazy. So I asked some people where are some different spots to stay and a few people recommended Jersey city and we actually stayed in the Hyatt, which was right on the river. And it was right across from, uh, New York. So at night you could go out and see the whole city lit up. And then we, we were right by the train. So we just took it right over to the world trade center exit. We were right there. So nice. I recommend that for anybody that's never done, never traveled there and wants to do that. And you don't want to stay in NYC. Like Jersey city was a good option. Um, so I was impressed with that. I was also impressed with people in New York. Like, let me give a shout out to the New Yorkers. They were so nice to me. That's different. Word. Like, bro, we were, we were, we, we, we split up at one point. We both got lost or, you know, not lost, but didn't know where we were going on the, on the train. And like, man, this one lady stuck her foot in between the door. And then like the door went to close again. And then she stuck her head in the door. Her hat came off. Just to tell me and my boys, like, you know, which which way we needed to go. Um, That's what's up. So, yeah, I was – and then my wife had the same experience, um, you know, with, with some people that she was trying – when she was trying to figure out what train to get on. So we were very impressed. Uh, I think, you know, I know New Yorkers get all kinds of raps, but the experience we had was, was really good. That's what's up.
That's awesome, man. Well, Zach, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, we no have doubt. Jeff Driscoll joining us today as well, probably in the next 15 minutes or so. Uh, but with that, Zach, we'll uh, just kind of catch up with, with you. Obviously, uh, if you are unfamiliar with Zach Albaverde, which I, I doubt that you are, if, but if you are, uh, he is a writer with On3. Uh, previously with the Gainesville Sun, previously with Rivals.com as well. Uh, but uh, we're super excited to have Nick, or uh, to have Zach fill in for Nick, pardon me. Uh, but before we uh, we get into that, let's give a shout out to our friend Alan Horn uh, with State Farm Insurance, 706-692-2888. Again, 706-692-2888. Uh, if you are looking for auto, home, renters, life, business insurance, retirement planning, whatever it might be in Florida, Georgia, Tennessee, or Alabama, you can visit him online at 70 or visit him online at allenhorninsurance.com or give him a call at 706-692-2888. All right, gentlemen, the, uh, the internet's in a little bit of a frenzy uh, right now. Not sure if you guys saw uh, the Footballville podcast with Marco Wilson. Zach, I know you saw it. So did you see that? Did I see the part? I seen the clip. I seen you just seen the clip. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's all we're going to talk about. I seen the clip. Um, they were asking him uh, and Chad Wilson, his dad, um, just about the shoe toss at the LSU game. Uh, Marco said, if he could do it all over again, he would throw the uh, the shoe even further. Um, Zach, want to get your thoughts? You posted it on on three. That's the first time that I saw. What are your thoughts on uh, on what he said? A little selfish, in my opinion, but you know. What are your thoughts? He he didn't gain any more Florida fans with that clip. You know, he's already probably one of the most hated Gators, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. um, right? I mean, I don't even know where, where you'd put him up there. He's up there. But, like, he's up there. And, uh, you know, he's just, I guess, owning it and say, hey, I'm going to die on this hill. And, um you know, it, it, it's the different approach from Dallas Baker. You know, Dallas Baker had a similar situation in the Tennessee game uh, at Tennessee back in the day. And he's obviously come out and apologized here or there. Not to, you know, not to say that that's what anybody should do in that situation. But again, Marco's owning it. He's having fun with it. Um, I know a lot of Florida fans, you know, aren't going to like that. Or, or again, I, and again, we don't know the full context of what he said. So it was just a clip, mm -hmm. but it didn't look good. But I also am not surprised because he never really seemed too remorseful about it when it happened, you know. Yeah, but I also, um... I, I also just think it's unfortunate because when you really get down to it, like that not only cost Florida the game, um, but it, you know, it probably cost them a chance to get into the college football playoff. Because if they, in my opinion, if they come into that, championship game in Atlanta with just one loss and however many games they would have won in a row. Um, and then you lose to Alabama in the fashion that they did. Like, I think they would have had a strong argument to still make it, but with that loss to LSU, they didn't. So that's like in the context of it, that's why I think Florida fans still hold on to it. The shoe toss so, so much because they mm -hmm. feel like, of of what it cost the team, which would and, and what they felt like was a special season, or up until that point, at least. I think it's attention seeking, man. Because mm -hmm. uh, Florida fans, as much as we're we're mad about it, like we're not talking about it on a regular. Like it right. keeps getting brought up, being brought up by by them. And I I, I like I rocks with Chad 
in, in, in the Wilson family. But I think this yeah. is cor- it's corny, man. To be real, like you go and sit down. Um, after making a mistake like that, that cost your team the, the, the game, right? Or cost your team the opportunities that we just spoke or spoke on. A good character person, you know what I'm saying? Like just just he keep is. it a being. He's a yeah. good character person. So if if you you have good character, you cost your team a game. Like what do you gain from going back and, and sitting down on this podcast and, and pretty much trying to clown your alma mater? I think I think it's just ignorant to be to be real. I think there's nothing to gain from it outside of just Twitter and social media chaos. And at this point, bro, it's time to move on. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Whatever Marco got going on in the pros, he should probably just move on with that. But the key going back to the same thing, I think it's just you know them trying to double down on the mistake that he already made. Um, Dallas Baker had the right approach. You know, everybody make mm-hmm. mistakes. You could cost your team a game, but the but the the, the response after it. You know what I'm saying? Like, are, are you are you sad for the the dude that you're at war with? Because you're in the mm-hmm. trenches with other guys, right? It ain't just about Marco. It ain't just about the shoot toss, which was selfish as well. Mm-hmm. So my overall opinion of it is just like he's still selfish. You know, it wasn't just about you in the throwing the shoe. It was about the whole team and that whole Dan Mullen era. I'm glad it's over because the did mindset ever- of a lot of those players are just thrown off. I don't remember, but did he ever, like, put out a – Formal statement after? No, he was captain. I know. I know they never made him available <clears throat> to the media. Yeah. So no, he was. Uh, I, I think Chad Wilson posted something on Twitter, and I remember this because the tweet's been unearthed again over the last couple of days or last couple of hours. Uh, that he feels bad. He you know feels like he let down the team. Um, you know, not try try not to be too hard on him. He's hard on himself. Uh, I guess the biggest thing to me is did, he did, actually can, did. He did address it in an ESPN article right before the draft. I think. Oh, there, did he? Yeah, I do remember that. But uh, again, like, you know, he clearly doesn't have any remorse about it. Um, well, like, uh, this he, is my thing. You know, he, he hate that he did it. I'm going to keep it a bean. He hate that he did it, but he, like, it's pride and ego at this point. You know what yeah. I'm saying? All that right now in the interview to try and act like you don't really care about it. Because he's gotten so much blowback for it, so it's almost like that's his response. Is it's like when LeBron tried to be the evil yeah. guy and it didn't nobody bought it, right? Like when mm-hmm. he was trying to be the bad guy role when he went down to Miami and tried to embrace that, nobody believed it. I don't I think he's a good kid and I think he hate that he did it, but at this point he's just gonna double down on it because it's just you know clout and and and, and what Twitter is these days or social media yeah. is these days. Any well, attention is good attention. My biggest thing is like you can hate uf you can hate the fan base and everything else but you know i I think the bigger thing that i saw out of that comment is like zach i know you alluded to it silk you did too is you you let your team down you know an opportunity to play you know in the playoff an opportunity to have that momentum who knows where the trajectory of uh florida goes after that right obviously we we feel like dan mullen was going to give up regardless but you know that excitement and that time and those players and you know kyle trask and the rest of the guys on that team that worked so hard and got so far and so close um, to have that one monumental thing happen. And, and I don't think that Marco Wilson's the only reason that Florida lost that game. You know, there's some personnel decisions going into that game with Kyle Pitts not playing. You know, there were certainly opportunities for Florida to put that game away at, at different times. And there's times. a missed kick at the um, end, too. So, yeah. just, you know, I mean, it was a hard kick that McPherson tried to make, but um, it wasn't – but, you know – if but he still, doesn't throw that, if he doesn't throw that shoe, the game's over. Right, like, but you you let your your teammates down more than anything. Those are the people you should have cared about. But um, I think you guys all made uh, good salient points there. Um, came up yesterday, so uh, 
you know, just one of those things that, you know, on, on the top of the top of the noggin right now. Um, Want to get into something before Jeff joins us here soon. Uh, there's a lot of discussion. There's now petitions out there uh, that have been created. There's a lot of hullabaloo about uh, what renovations might happen to the swamp. Uh, they announced last week that they're going to be starting a uh, searching for an architect in, a, uh, in, in an engineering firm to really kind of help them decide what $400 million worth of renovation to the swamp looks like. Um, we've gone from, oh, this is going to be great to, you know, UF's going to shrink the size of their stadium to about 60,000, you know, fans and they're only going to, you know, be able to cater to, to rich people. So, um, Zach, do you have any additional knowledge about what Florida might be looking to do here? Uh, or what's kind of your thoughts and the temperature of the conversation about, um, about the swamp right now? Yeah. I, I mean, I think they're still, they're still very early in the phases of figuring out what that's going to look like. Like, um, and that's not a, um, a front from them. Like they, they literally don't have an architect pick. So it's really hard to say what's, what, what it's going to be because based on the conversations that I've, I, that I've had, whatever architect that they pick is going to dictate how they spend their money. So, you know, it, whatever they think they want to do or whatever they might want to do within the swamp, let, let's be honest, this is an old stadium. So there's, you know, there's going to be some things that they can and can't do. Um, there's going to be some walls that need to get knocked down. There's going to be some things that have to happen in order to facilitate what it is that they're trying to accomplish. But um, there's going to be some things that aren't doable. And then there's going to be some things that they have to do um, that they might not be considering that an architect is going to tell them. So um, it doesn't seem like it's going to be off site, though. And that was something that was on the table. I think at some point, I want to say it's not completely off the table, but it looks like they they want to renovate the swamp, um, just based on the language and based on where this thing has how this thing has progressed. But like, you know, there was there there is also or was the possibility of an architect being like, "Yo, if you're going to spend almost a billion dollars, you need to just build a new stadium," mm. you know. Um, so I don't think that's what they want to do, but do they knock off half of the swamp to like re, you know, uh, renovate it that way? Um, could you redo the whole student side? Mm. You know, um, I don't know. Like, I'm just I'm just throwing things out there. Uh, I think there are certain parts of the stadium that don't need to be touched. Touchdown Terrace, mm. um, you know, the, the where the press box is, is fine. You know, I don't know how much renovation they want to do to that, but. There are certain parts that that I think can obviously stay, and you want to keep that feel. But they are going to, they're going to transform the look, um, and that's that's going to be a fun thing to cover, y'all. Like yeah, that, yeah. that that's that that's like the fun stuff about being in college sports is getting to be part of. Like we we focus on the games and stuff, but we're at a we we cover a university that's got big big money to put into projects like this. Hmm. I'm wondering, like, what's what's the process of like shutting down like the construction how long does, does it take this uh rebuild yeah i mean you gotta think they did it in um you know before spurrier's second season mm -hmm. they added that whole touchdown terrace from when 19 i guess 90 to 91 
Yeah, and right before 91, it was ready to go. So they basically back then built the whole side, mm-hmm. um, you know, and attached it to the the lower bowl um, or both lower bowls. So it can be done, you know, and now they got a lot much more manpower and resources and money, I think, sure. to be able to put behind it. So, you know, I do think that there's going to be a, a lot that has to get knocked down. Mm-hmm. You know that I mean, there, there's no way if you're going to if you're going to invest that much money, you're going to definitely transform the look. But, um, you know, I want to actually you guys go. Y'all go to uh, a lot of home games as a beat writer or a lot of away games, I would say. Uh, yeah. what, what what have you seen in other stadiums that you would like to see in the swarm? Mm, I love how Tennessee's just a straight bowl. I mean, I know that that's not what they're going to do. Um, Tennessee is the only, to me, Tennessee is the only stadium that, that I've seen. I haven't been to Georgia that even measures up to the swamp, you know. Um, but that's such an old stadium, so that's hard to compare it to. I think one, one good example of uh, renovating an old you know, old stadium is what Texas A&M has done. Um, theirs looks, you know, pretty impressive for, you know, what it used to be. And I didn't see it beforehand, but I saw some pictures of it. So, you know, they found a way to renovate their stadium. I don't think they're going to, you know, I think Florida's going to put a little bit more into the swamp um, and the look might be transformed a little bit more. But I definitely, one thing I don't want the swamp to lose is how, the fans are right on top of the field. Mm-hmm. Like that, that is what makes it special. Like you cannot, whatever, whatever you knock down or however you rearrange the seating, because it's probably going to get reduced in terms of the capacity. Like you still have to have um, just those fans beating right on top of the field. Cause I think that's what makes a difference in that stadium, at least. Um, let's pause this stadium conversation and I'm going to write down where we left off so we can do that, but let's get Jeff Driscoll, uh, on former Florida Gator quarterback. Uh, before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at the Gataverse.io. If you want to support Florida Gators athletics, uh, and support NIO, go visit G A T A V E R S E dot I O, uh, Next Friday, they are doing their scrimmage at uh, Santa Fe. They are doing a whole fan fest uh, regarding the TBT team that they're putting together with Corey Brewer, Lee Humphrey, uh, and the like. Uh, Matt McCall is the head coach there. But again, go support them. Go support our student athletes, gataverse.io, and go buy tickets for that event this uh, next weekend. With that being said, want to bring on for former Florida Gator quarterback Jeff Driscoll onto the show. Jeff, my friend, it is a pleasure to uh, to chat with you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Looking forward to uh, to chatting it up a little bit. Absolutely, Jeff Driscoll uh, just recently signed with uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, so um, so congratulations there, Jeff. But uh, let's go let's go all the way back, uh, Jeff. Uh, you know, enroll in in UF under. Um, under Will Muschamp, you and uh, and Jacoby Brissett, notably, um, you know, in the in the same class, same discussion. So, talk to us a little bit about your uh, your recruitment, how you ended up at UF, and and what those uh, those last couple of uh, months, you know, leading into uh, to UF, and and what that transition was like into uh, to college. Yeah, I mean, 
it was crazy. You know, re- recruiting's crazy. You're a, a top prospect getting hit up all the time. You know, Florida has spring uh, football in high school. So getting called out of class every day, um, you know, it was awesome. You know, I, I enjoyed it getting to talk to the, you know, the, the Urban Myers of the world, the, the, uh, the Nick Sabans, you know, you name it. But, um, you know, Florida being an hour and a half from home, you know, winning championships left and right, um, you know, great academic program. It was it was a no brainer to stay home and play for the Gators. So um, obviously didn't get recruited by by Will and his staff, um, but really enjoyed my time there. Won a lot of games and, uh, you know, wouldn't have changed it for the world. What was it like uh, real quick before we get into college? What was it like? Um... You know, being recruited by Urban Meyer and then that, that switch over to, to Will Muschamp and those guys, what, what was that like from a recruiting standpoint? Yeah, I mean, I started getting recruited, you know, my sophomore year in high school. And, you know, even from my sophomore year to my senior year in high school, you know, you'd be getting recruited by one guy from this school. And then by two years later, he'd be at another school. So, um, you know, I talked to a bunch of people that had gone through the process. And they all basically said the same thing. You're, you're committing to a school, not a head coach, because they're going to change. Um, you know, they're either going to get fired or they're going to take another job somewhere or what, whatever happens. So uh, make sure your decision is based off a program and not, um, you know, whoever's the head coach or position coach or whatever. So um, I really took that into consideration. Um, you know, obviously, Urban was a great recruiter, um, brought in a bunch of really good uh, prospects. But, um, yeah, I, w- I was going to the University of Florida. Um, you know, not not going there based off who was the head coach. Jeff, I want to ask you, I think a lot of fans, you know, you, you know, Will Muschamp, you know, gets gets hired on. Uh, Charlie Weiss gets gets brought in. Uh, Jacoby Brissett gets uh, gets brought on board as well. And then throughout the entirety of the offseason, uh, even through fall practice, uh, we hear that it's a neck and neck race. Um, the very first play on offense of that year he brings both of you guys out onto the field at the same time uh, what what's going on there right what are you what are your thoughts you know and i know that you're going to give a, a good pc answer about jacoby bringing being a teammate and everything else but what's going through your mind when everybody's wondering between the, these two great quarterbacks who's going to be the starter and then you guys go both right out at the same time and everybody's kind of looking around like what the hell's going on here yeah i mean <laughs> You understand when you're going to, you know, a big school like Florida, there's always going to be competition. But I mean, as a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, I was committed for a while and they bring somebody else on. You know, I was a little bit pissed off. I'm not going to lie. Right. Like I was the guy the whole time. What's going on now? So I was a little bit pissed off. And, you know, Jacoby and I had a healthy competition. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was it was competitive. It was we both wanted to be out there. We both wanted to compete. And uh yeah, running, running, us, running us both out there on the same play was probably more of a, uh, you know, just something funny that the coaching staff talked about doing to uh, give you guys something to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jeff, what was it like going through that 2012 season, ultimately, you know, taking that job? Um, and what was that experience like just having that, that special year uh, in 12? Yeah, I mean, it was – like, like you said, it was a neck and neck competition. Even, even as a freshman, when neither of us were really playing, we were competing every day in practice, you know, trying to outdo each other and uh, just trying to put ourselves in position to, to be the guy the, the year after. But, um, you know, the, when Will brought me in and told me that I had the job, it was, it was an awesome feeling. Um, but I understood there was a lot of responsibility that came with that. 
And, uh, you know, just winning the job didn't mean anything until I went out and, uh, you know, got it done on the field. And you know, we had a really good year, um, you know, offense, defense and special teams. You know, I I go back and talk about how important Caleb Sturgis was that season and, you know, just how well-rounded we were um, as, a, as a team. And, um, you know, it, it really was a special year. And, uh, you know, I wish the college football playoff was around back then. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No, no doubt. Um and then you come into 2013, um, you get to have this, you know, the same offensive coordinator back. You get off, you know, what seemingly was a great start before your injury. Um, what was it like dealing with that experience and, and just having to, you know, have that setback in terms of your development? Yeah, it was a bummer. You know, I had a, had a good, good training camp going into 13. Um, I don't even remember who we played in the first game, but I think I had a pretty productive day. And then uh, we went into Miami and, you know, it didn't go as planned. I banged up my knee a little bit, you know, left there, you know, with the brace and crutches and everything, but was able to bounce back and play the next week. And then, you know, a really, really catastrophic injury against Tennessee kind of, it was a year loss. So it was the first, it was the first time I dealt with, um, with injury. It was a long year, big recovery. Um, but yeah, it was tough to, you know, know that I was about to hit my stride and, you know, just see the setback like that. It was it was a bummer, and then you know, struggling as a team makes you feel a little bit worse because, you know, we we struggled. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Jeff, want to ask you? Um, you obviously, Will Muschamp defense was was strong. Offense, you know, had some some good players, but a lot of different changes at the offense coordinator position. You go from uh, from Charlie Weiss, who was there for a year. Uh, and then you go to Brent Peace, uh, who was there for a, a couple years, right? Two years, yep. and then, yep. um, and then uh, finally go to who? What, what's Kurt Roper? Kurt Roper. To, oh yeah, Kurt Roper. So go to Kurt Roper. What, what's that like as a quarterback trying to to change offensive systems? You know, three times in four years. Um, you know, they have their own terminology. They have their own plays that they want to call and schemes and, and styles, the, you know, coaching styles. What was that like as a, as a 17, 18, 19, 20 year old to go through? Yeah. I mean, it's tough. I mean, you know, just about every college player is, is an immature player. They don't know it at the time, but you know, it's one of those deals where you don't know what you don't know. And, you know, having to relearn something over and over and over again is tough because it, you don't get to build, right. You get to just get a baseline knowledge of each system and then when you get to a new system, it kind of starts over. Whereas now, for myself, at least, I've been in the league eight years. I've been in a bunch of different systems. You know, it's kind of the same deal I've had, you know, maybe maybe a coordinator twice in, a, you know, two seasons. But now I understand how different word. So I think just, you know, as, as a young kid, it's hard, right? Um, so not being able to go to the next level and unlock some of that potential that was in there you know, not just for me, but for, for every position, it makes it tough. And, uh, you know, if we would have played a little bit better on offense, maybe we wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been the case. Jeff, sure. a lot, a lot of people probably don't remember, you know, especially some of the kids, but when you come in, I use that guy, uh, and we're coming fresh off of, uh, Tim Tebow, uh, being, running that urban Meyer offense. And you can see a lot of similarities in that, in that, in your game. Um, uh, so just seeing your size, seeing your, your, your skill set. Um, and me, me and my mindset as a fan thinking, yo, this kid get into an Urban Meyer offense, like we're going to be right back in the thick of national championship vibes, man. Um, what, what do you do? You sometimes look back and think about if you had played in Urban Meyer mm. offense instead of uh, Charlie Weiss's. 
or any, I mean, or, 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 any or, or, or Urban for four years, man. I would have loved to see Jeff in that offense for four years. Yeah, I mean, one of your, one of your, you know, you said there that you were thinking as a fan we would be right in the national championship vibe. I mean, don't get it twisted. We were. I mean, in right, 12, yeah, we sure. were. For we sure. were right there, right? We went into yeah. the bowl game, number three in the country. I think we rattled off like seven or eight wins in a row during the season. So, I mean, we were right there. It wasn't the, maybe the, the same style that right. – you know, they were getting it done when Urban was there, but, you know, we were there to win games and we were doing that. So, um, I mean, I think we had a, a really good year in 12, obviously in 13 injuries and stuff piled up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I've had that conversation time and time again that, you know, that, that happens in this world. And, uh, you know, I'm still sitting here eight years into the, into the NFL. So that was, that was always the goal was to, uh, you know, have a really good NFL career and extend it. And, you know, I still feel like I got a lot, a lot left in the tank but uh yeah one of those deals where who knows what it would have looked like but you know i'm happy the way that it played out like it did what, what, Jeff, what we, go ahead no one one, one more Zach. um what what was your mindset like when when the defense was because you say we, we were in the thick of things and but it was it was the defensive led and the running a running game running game led team uh, what was your mindset like when the, when the offense was struggling a little bit and the defense was holding things down yeah, I mean, we were we were doing what we were asked to do. We were we were winning the games, right? Like, ask a punter if a punter goes out there and punts zero times, doesn't help the team win. Like, are they going to be upset? Obviously, we're out there to score as many points as we can. But at the end of the day, we we wanted to play conservative football. We wanted to control the clock, and we wanted to you know hit big plays when they were there. And for the most part, we did that. Obviously, there was games where we didn't score as many points as we would have liked to, um, and we left some stuff out there. But you know, we were winning games, and that's football. Um, you know, as a competitor, you want to be out there and you want to be the one contributing to, to winning the game and throwing the touchdown pass at the end to win the game. But, uh, you know, it's the ultimate team sport. And, uh, you know, I think we really had that mindset as a team that year. And even though we, we heard it from the fans, we heard it from the media, we were winning games. Right. Um, Jeff, we now live in the transfer portal era where guys now have the you know freedom to, to move around and we see how beneficial it can be. Um, Obviously, that was something that was that was really big for you, making the move to Louisiana Tech. Um, thinking back to that decision, you know, what all went into that, just kind of wanting to get a fresh start. Obviously, there was a coaching change, like, um, so you had to deal with that dynamic. But how much did that do for you just to be able to go out there? You knew you had the talent. Um, uh, and then go out there and have a 4,000-yard season and just, you know, ha have some success before being able to move on to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a super difficult decision. Um, I love the University of Florida. I loved my time there. You know, I love the guys that I played with. Um, loved everything about it. Um, but I had a, you know, a candid conversation with myself and my family and said, hey, if my goal is to get to the NFL, you know, you have to have production. You know, you're not just going to get there on potential. Um, so I, I had to go somewhere where I was going to have the opportunity to go produce and, uh, you know, made a, made a relatively selfish decision to go to go you know go to a place that was going to let me cut it loose you know running ball throwing the ball and uh, you know it worked out but it was definitely not easy um happy i made the decision i really enjoyed my time in Ruston as well but uh it, it was a tough de decision to make and it was it was totally one for myself and uh you know it was hard because i've always had a team mindset but um you know happy i made that decision when i did Jeff, I want to talk about your time in the NFL now, uh, and then most recently, um, like I said, it got, it got signed by Arizona, but let's go back a bit here, uh, get drafted by the 49ers, 
<clears throat> uh, only there for for a little bit. I think uh, right through uh, right up into the season started there in 2016. You go to the Bengals, have a good um, you know few years there. You've been with the Lions, the Broncos, uh, Texans. I uh, want to talk a little bit about you playing tight end there with the Texans for a little bit, and now with Arizona. <laughs> what's uh, what's been like in the NFL, and and what's that experience been uh, like for you? Yeah, I mean, you you just rattled off like six or six yeah. or seven teams that I've been on, and uh, you know that's kind of that's kind of what it's been, right? I got got to the league in San Francisco. Um, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, I wouldn't say I wasn't prepared, but it was, it's a lot thrown at you immediately. And uh, you know, I just didn't go out and perform very well in training camp, and uh, you know, got cut. And you know, you learn a lot of new terms in the league if you're on the if you have to go through a bunch of transactions. So I got claimed, you know, the next day after being being waived and uh didn't really know what that meant that said hey they said hey you're going to cincinnati i was like that's awesome and uh you know got got thrown in week one learned a lot you know my call it redshirt year um you know was with with andy dalton for three years learned a lot from him became a really good friend with him and his family and uh really enjoyed my time in cincinnati was was fortunate enough to get you know get in the game a handful of times um you know in, in the three years that i was there mm -hmm. which you know, some backup QBs go three, four, five years without getting a snap. Yeah, Chase um, Daniels so, so been get, doing it for like right. a decade and a half. Chase Bank, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but Jeff, yeah, I mean, Jeff, what are your thoughts on uh, what are your thoughts on uh, Skyline Chili while we're here? Yeah, I mean, it's different. You know, yeah, it's, okay, it's, cool. it's, yeah, uh, it's something like that you either. have to explain to somebody, right? It's it's chili, but it's really a sauce that goes on spaghetti or hot dogs. So <laughs> it's it's a whole deal. And it has, but yeah, like I, I, yeah, I enjoyed my time there and, uh, you know, was able to get some really valuable. Oh. Lost him on the chili question. He'll be back. Oh, oh there we go. All right. We're back. Maybe. It's it's the Skyline Mafia coming. Yeah, out there Skyline. Sky, they, they 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 heard they us. Skyline heard us, and they tapped in. <laughs> and we get him out of here. <laughs> no, sorry about that. Um, what was what was the question? I don't even know what I was talking about. We were just talking about chili, but then you were talking about. But I interrupted you when you're talking about your time in Cincinnati and being able to get, at least get the opportunity to play um, while you're yeah. there for a few years. Valuable experience. Valuable experience. You know, game reps are gold. Um, so I was able to get some experience. And, uh, you know, put, put, put some good, put some good film out there, able to go to Detroit after I got hurt. Um, you know, played another, I was able to get in the game again. Stafford hadn't gone out of a game in like five or six years. And, uh, you know, he, he went out there during the end of the year and was able to play in some games there, which was awesome. And then, uh, same thing. And, you know, same thing in Denver, I get thrown in week two, um, you know, play, play for a couple games and then, you know, go to go to the Texans and play a little tight end, which was which was interesting. I know you're going to want to touch on that a little bit. And, uh, you know, now getting the opportunity to go to Arizona, um, you know, had a really good OTAs and looking forward to training camp. So been, been around the country. It's been an awesome experience. And, uh, you know, I think my best ball is still ahead of me. You know, I'm 30, which is like a dinosaur in football, but not so much for, for a quarterback. So I think yeah. I, I think I still got my best ball ahead of me. You were a baseball prospect as well coming out, right? I was, got drafted. I was. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you guys wrote a story about that as well. Is he going to quit I, football and go play baseball? And right, right, you right. Know, it was one of those deals where I was like, Hey, if they're going to give me money to sign for my rights and I, 
I told them point blank, I don't want to play baseball and they still wanted to give me money. I was like, I'll do it. Bring it on. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I too have now made myself eligible for the, uh, for major league baseball draft. They want to give me. Yeah. Money. Just, yeah. Watch your phone. There's like 40 rounds. So yeah, <laughs> when you get, when you get down to like round 29, when I got drafted, they're like every 30 seconds. So, you know, make yeah. sure you don't blink. Yeah. What was it Jeff, about baseball? Just, just wasn't your sport. You just love baseball, uh, football more. I really like both. You know, it was one of those deals. Like you said, I was that guy coming out of high school, right? I was the, I was the man, you know, the, in my head, I was going to be three years, you know, win a Heisman or two and then get drafted first overall. <laughs> so that, that was the path that I, you know, was hoping that I would be on and it didn't t- turn out like that. But, uh, you know, we all have, to, we all have our paths and, uh, you know, mine's still going, fortunately. Did you ever, uh, spend any time with the Florida baseball team? Did you ever do like a spring with them at all or anything? I never did. You know, when I was getting recruited, that was one of the things that I was telling teams was, hey, I want to play both in college. And if, you know, you guys say no, it's basically a deal breaker. And everyone was like, yeah, 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 sure. Just come on. We'll figure it out when you get here. And, uh, you know, I got to school and I figured out what it was like to to be an SEC quarterback. And, uh, you know, I I quickly realized that I wasn't going to be able to do both. I also I also like to go to Midtown a little bit too, so yeah. I wanted, I wanted to have That's a little right. space. Yeah. So yeah. that was my question of or follow up. Should I say Florida's already got one quarterback on the team that does both, Max Brown? Um, you remember Gavin Dickey back in the day? He did it. Yep. Um, yep. And then they've got a five star quarterback committed, DJ Lagway. Um, kind of same profile as you, man. Who's actually planning to play both sports? Um, and I think you know Sully's going to give him the chance. Um, just having been a quarterback at Florida and know, like, can you imagine how tough that is to juggle? And is that something that you can do? I mean, it's, it's been proven that it can get done. Right. And you look at Kyler Murray. Yep. Um, you know, he did it at a high level. You look at Jameis, you look at, you know, a ton of, a ton of other people, you know, for me, it was, I didn't think that was the best decision for my future. Um, who knows if that was the right decision? You know, I could have made a, a bad decision, but, um, you know, at the time I wanted to be all in in football and, um, you know, you know, I think it was the right decision. I don't know. Yeah. You wanted to have an off season too, like you said. That's right. I wanted a little time. Go to go to the estates pool parties and play pool basketball as well. Yeah. <laughs> I heard yeah. that. Um, Jeff, uh <clears throat> in the last two seasons of of football, the Florida Gators have had a former quarterback convert to tight end. Uh one was Tim Tebow, and then number two was Jeff Driscoll. Um, how did that happen last season? Yeah, I mean, you're forgetting uh, Felipe as well. I think he's kind of Felipe doing Franks, it. three. Jeez. Hang on, hang on one sec. My, my, one of my kids you. is running out here. Yeah, my, my, kids, my kids run for mom like that too, man. She's not, <laughs> she's not happy. She usually runs the other way. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it was it was one of those deals where it's it's pretty apparent, like 6'4", 6'5", 235, 240. You know, there's – it's, you know – it's pretty apparent that I could be able to do another position, um, you know, workout warrior, fast, strong, jump, can do, can do everything. Um, so I, you know, started doing some scout team stuff just to, you know, just show that I can do more than play quarterback and try to get on the field somehow, some way. And, um, you know, it was working, you know, on, on scout team, I was doing well, um, started to do some special teams and I was showing up on special teams. So, I, they approached me and said, Hey, do you want to do this? And I was like, I want to figure out a way to get on the field. And if this is the fastest way to get on the field, I will, I'll do it. So that, that's how that, that happened. It wasn't a deal where I was giving up on playing quarterback. 
Um, I always knew I had the skill set and the potential to get it done. Just needed more opportunity. Um, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a football player. I'm a competitor. And if they say, hey, this is your best chance to get on the field, I'll take it. It's something about those Florida quarterbacks too, man. Because we rattled off a bunch, but you also had Trey Burton. Mm-hmm. You had yep. Jordan. Yeah, Jordan Reed. Who Jordan you played Reed. With. Yep. I mean, it's just, they tried Tim, but Tim was like, "Nah, I'm cool, man." <laughs> <laughs> no, he did it though. He did yeah, it. I, he was out there. He was out there trying to block. You know, I the first couple of days of me blocking didn't go so well. So I'm happy that wasn't a meme like his. <laughs> <laughs> and Jeff, obviously, uh, moving forward, you got your your, your new opportunity, and you, you said you feel like your best ball is ahead of you. Um, kind of what's your kind of your uh, your mission, I guess, moving forward, and kind of what you want to accomplish uh, in Arizona. Yeah, I mean, I think my my mission going into going into every season is the same. Um, one is to make the team, right? That's not an easy thing to do. There's 90 really good football players on every roster right now, and it's going to get down to 53 pretty quickly. Um, so that's my first goal is is to make the team, and then second is just to contribute um, into winning games, whatever that looks like. You know, if I'm the guy out there, that would be great. That's what I would love to do. And that's what I set my mind to every year. But there's only one guy out there at a time. So um, if it's contributing in the, in the you know, the film room or, you know, spending some time with the guy that's out there or, hey, if it is the special teams tight end kind of deal that I've done in the past, um, you know, I want to help contribute to winning games. Mm. You ever awesome. run into uh, Jacoby Brissett after a game uh, while you've been playing in pros? Yeah, I've I've ran into him a, a handful of times. Uh, it's always good to see his successes. I'm um I've been cheering for him the whole time. You know, even when he went to NC State, I always followed his career. And then uh, in the NFL, it's been awesome to see his successes. So, you know, we always you know go say hello, give a little hug, little joke or whatever. And uh, and yeah, he's he's following me as well. So it's been cool to uh, you know, see both of us stay in it as long as we have. When's the last time you made it back to Gainesville? So I actually went in the spring. Um, my daughter has gotten into volleyball a little bit. Not the one nice. that just ran out here, the older <laughs> one. Uh, she, she's gotten into volleyball a little bit. So, you know, I kind of took the first opportunity that I could to get her to Gainesville and brought her to a spring volleyball game. And, nice. uh, and while I was there, I went over to the spring football practice. And uh, I was super, super impressed by the new facility. Um, super impressed by, uh, you know, what Co- Coach Napier's got going. And uh, it was good to it was good to get back. They really rolled out the red carpet and uh, and made me feel at nice. home. That's dope. That's awesome, man. That's awesome, man. Well, Jeff, man, we really appreciate your time today. Uh, certainly, best of luck with everything that you got going on uh, in your personal life. Best of luck with everything with the Cardinals, man. And we'll uh, we'll be rooting for you. I know that you have a lot of uh, very faithful fans uh, of your time here at the University of Florida, man. We uh, we appreciate you spending some time with us today. Yeah, I enjoyed it. And when I was when I was backstage before you guys let me on, you guys were talking a little nil. If there's oh, any yeah. type of back pay on that, you guys let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd have a crazy bag number one coming out like yeah. you were, bro. Oh, man. This back crazy. this back porch would look a little bit different right now. Yeah, revelations, yeah. man. Gatorverse. Right, guys. We need to get in with the Gatorverse. Yeah, right, man, <laughs> I appreciate you guys, and uh, and yeah, I'm always pulling for the Gators, and uh, you know, proud alumni. So. Appreciate you guys. Awesome. Good catching up, man. Talk to you soon, Jeff. Take care. All right. He was actually uh, one of the first recruits I ever interviewed in this industry. I covered – the first guy I ever interviewed was A.C. Leonard. Man. Man, By the A.C., man. And he was – and Jeff was the second. 
because uh, and the only reason I remember is because I went to the Gainesville Nike Regional Camp mm. and covered him, and then he committed to Florida the next day. Um, as as like you guys said, he was the guy back then. He was, he was five, five star, star man. Like I love I your question. So he didn't really go there. He kind of he, he kind of mentioned that well, we were in contention. But listen, dude, if he would have played the Urban Meyer system, bro, he, he would have had a different Florida career. Mm-hmm. For bro, sure. We would have won Natty's out there. That defense was crazy. The talent we had on that roster, man, oh, that was insane. All we needed was a, a – but he also spoke about, like, how conservative the game plans was and that, that yeah. he was just playing behind what Muschamp wanted was a conservative offense, sure. you know, uh, three yards in the cloud of dust and play some defense. I don't yeah. think it's, that – It's good that, for, that season for him and years Jacoby. Yeah, I know. It's good for, for him sure. and Jacoby that they – Despite their experience, they both went on the NFL. Still in the career. league, man. Yeah, yeah still like, in the league. Actually, that's how I knew that the Will Muschamp era would never survive and why he'd never be a good college coach um, is because he brought both out. Yeah. You, had, you, you had two two NFL quarterbacks and <laughs> couldn't make it work. That's crazy. Just nuts. Man. Just nuts. But putting them both out on the field, very first play, just – <laughs> he's trolling the fans, man. That's he's, how I trolling, know, he's trolling. That's how I know coaches, yeah, coaches be trolling, be trolling fans as well. Dan Mullen trolled us. Muschamp trolled us. Uh, yeah. Some of these coaches just do things. They play with the roster or put in or just, to, just you know, tease the fans a little but, bit. But, but, da- Damian Pierce had a good attitude about it. Who was one of the people that was part of the troll jobs? Because right, everybody was calling for him to get more carries, and then Dan just refused to do it. Never once gave him double-digit carries in a game in 21. Now he gets reminded asinine. every Sunday. Every Sunday he gets reminded. And then, and then you ask Damien about it, and he goes, I got, I got less tread on my tires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, let's get back to the discussion we have. we got to pay sponsors real quick, or they got to pay us. Uh, let's give a quick shout-out to our friends out at Home Field Apparel, homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code Stadium and Gale at checkout. Uh, 15% off of your first order. Um, some of the best vintage uh, Gators clothing that's going to be out there from, from a logo perspective. They have golf, track and field, football, some stuff from the 80s, 90s. Uh, and they're going to have more and more fun uh, stuff out there. They got some fun and gun stuff. Go check it out. Football season's right around the corner. Super lightweight cotton. Uh, you can definitely wear it in the, uh, in the swamp, both the swamp that we have now and definitely the newly renovated swamp here in a couple years. Uh, but, again, go check out homefieldapparel.com, promo code Stadium and Gale. Uh, for fifteen percent off of your order, um, want to pick back up onto the uh, the conversation about uh, about the swamp, and, and we ended with Zach, you saying that you wanted to make sure that uh, th- that the fans were still close to the field, and I definitely think that that's something that that Florida has. Um, we are probably amongst the closest when it comes to not only the way that that Ben Hill Griffin is is built and it, and it just kind of goes up instead of really out uh, the yep. way that like maybe Tennessee does, uh, but that the fans are so close to the uh, to the sideline there. So I think that that's something I don't imagine in four hundred million dollars that you're going to have massive structural changes to the actual bowl that's there right now, you're going to probably renovate seating. You might add some things. You might move some things around from a concourse perspective. Yeah. But at $400 million, you're not going to be able to build a new stadium. So I don't imagine yeah. the walls will be moving in and out anywhere sure. too, too differently. But I just if want to pick up the conversation. 400, though. 
Say what? I said if they stick at 400. Yeah. Right. You know, because I You saw, know, I know that they've there was I, I talks saw, about yeah. uh, maybe building an entire new football field, maybe where uh, where the Bostic golf course is right now. Yeah. Um, I know UF starting to maybe look to see where UF golf might be. I'm not saying that those are things that are for sure happening, but uh, the word on the street is uh, that could be an opportunity as well. No, maybe. it is. And I, and I mean, that's that's going to be part of the consideration and is what's the best way for us to spend our money. And they're going to let off. Yeah. <laughs> Grandmother had us a studio. What happened to that, man? Well, it's a, it's a VR room instead, but I don't even think that gets used. If, you, if they would if they would have put a studio in there, it would have been game. Those guys, you you'd have had a third of the team that would never left the facility. Hmm. Well, we need them in the weight room, not the studios. Zach. that's true. That's true. <laughs> I'm talking as a rapper. Um, want to get uh, want to get your thoughts? Uh, th- this kind of prevailed over the weekend too. Um, a couple of different media outlets, both noted and just podcasters out there uh, started to put together their 14, their, their, their sec quarterback rankings. Um, a lot of folks putting Graham Mertz at 14. Um, Zach, I know that you and I were chatting at, uh, at Nick's wedding. Well, you don't think Graham Mertz is that bad. Do you think that he's going to win the Heisen trophy? Probably not, but um, mm. what are your thoughts on Graham Mertz being ranked 14 out of 14 in the sec? Uh, pro football focus disagrees with that. Um, you know, and again, PFF is not the be all end all. And I know a lot of people, uh, don't necessarily subscribe to them, but I know that the Florida staff does, and they've used their grades and, and mentions and stuff like that and graphics before. So, um, but you know, they, ranked Graham Mertz uh, fourth among SEC returning quarterbacks just strictly based off his PFF grade, which is 75.3, which is actually, (laughs) believe it or not, in the top 10 uh, among all the players on Florida's roster, 75.3. So he's not as bad as people think he is. And, um, you know, I think that that, Number fourteen ranking is uh, is a little low. Put some respect on Graham's name. Now. He's a three year starter. Yeah, yeah, good or good or really bad news push push the media. Uh, but I don't. I, I keep saying I don't see Mertz being that bad. Fourteenth overall. Uh, I think some of the, uh, the the stuff we're getting with Graham Mertz, people's expectations being so low, is just because of who just left. Right. You you have Ar leaving. They're like, okay, this is the guy that replaces AR. Like, can he flip? Can he jump over people? Does he run a four four forty? No, he don't do any of that. But he probably. I still think he man. shouldn't have taken the number. That's just my opinion. With fifteen, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just you know, it's just hard to overcome that number, right? He said. Um, he said when he showed up, it was in his locker. Billy put it there for him. See, Billy, I, I'd have been, been like, no man, I'm five. My my Instagram is Grammar's five. I need five. It, it's open. You know, uh, you don't want that number. No, I think he'll be fine. Um, I don't think he, he have to worry about expectations being that high, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> he true. He could have just do. He could have just done himself a, a, a little bit of better service with getting a different number. But I think as long as he come in, and hit the, uh, the, the 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 dump offs, the slants, 
there's a lot of throws that we took out of the offense last year that we couldn't do because, you know, AR lacked a lot of touch. So, um, and overall, the defense is going to be better. I don't think we're going to have to lean on Graham Mercy to go win football Agreed. games. So, uh, overall, I think the team did upgrade, um, but the quarterback position, obviously, has a talent drop-off from last year. The only thing that I will say, people ask me a lot, I've been asked, is there anything that he'll do better than AR? Because he's not going to – there's a lot that he's not. Right. Um, he's not more talented than him. He doesn't have better athleticism like than him in, in the same ballpark. The one thing that uh, early on he might be able to do that AR couldn't until later in the year, in my opinion, was just the processing of the offense and some of the stuff that AR just has a first-year starter, starting for the first time on the road in the SEC, starting for the first time in the Swamp, like – he struggled against USF in Kentucky with certain aspects that Graham just simply should not <laughs> as a three-year starter. Right. Like, he, he's not that green to where he's going to go through those things. Now, that doesn't mean that, um, you know, because uh, I feel like over the course of the season, AR figured out those things, and obviously he, he showed up and had some incredible performances. But um, Graham's not going to have those growing pains early in the season. So that's one thing that – he should be able to come to the line of scrimmage and recognize a bad look and, you know, and check them out of it. He should be able to, like you said, make some easy reads and dump offs and stuff. Um, and that's really what they're going to ask him, ask the most of him to do. They're not going to ask him to throw 33 times a game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously. Or, sure. or certainly run the ball. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think from a mental perspective, he's obviously been through a lot, you know, hope that he can have that mentality if there is a mistake to not let that, that mistake carry over. Right. Um, some yeah. of the things that, that I know, especially early on last season with AR, you know, you just kind of saw him just not that I don't think they had the mental ability to do it. It's just, sometimes he just looked like he was kind of just off to the side sulking and just kind of being able I mean, to, to make sure he straight up said it. You know, yeah. when I, when I did the video feature on him before the draft, oh, yeah. like, yeah, but I checked out, I wrote it after the Kentucky game. Cause that's what people told me he did. And then he said it like mentally I was out of it in the Kentucky game. Like that's not something that Graham as a veteran starting quarterback is going to, those aren't mental loops that he's going to have to go through. Um, so, you know, we'll see what type of difference that can make early on in the season. Um, you know, he's, but he, Hey, that first game, he's got to go on the road in a really tough environment. Uh, I think Florida's going to be lucky to have him though, because if you were going into that game, with Jack Miller, that's a totally different conversation, you know, I just like, in terms of the experience. I like uh, us going on the road, though, uh, start, start the season off, man. Um, a lot less pressure. I'm not afraid of that stadium. Most, most of our kids should be able to handle that crowd. They play in the yeah. SEC. Um, I think all the pressure's on those guys. And, and I like that, you know, you're going out there with a defense, a quarterback that's coming off an ACL injury if he's, if he's playing. Uh, still trying to follow and monitor that as well. But I like us on the road with a fresh new defense or aggressive uh, play caller, uh, a running game, and I'm not afraid of that loud stadium. Um, but Utah's going to bring a stick, but I like what we add in. I like our position for sure. Absolutely. Uh, we've got a, just a few more things to talk about here. I want to give a quick uh, just update. From uh, the baseball draft that started yesterday, 2023 Major League Baseball draft, Wyatt Langford draft fourth overall uh, to the Texas Rangers. The slot value there is about $7.7 .7 million. 
Hurston Waldrip to the Atlanta Braves. And I got a lot of Braves fans uh, that listen here. Uh, so congratulations to him. Slot value is $3.27 million. Brandon Sprout goes 56th overall to the New York Mets with a slot value of $1.47 million. So congratulations to them. I want to talk a little bit about recruiting, uh, but before we do that, let's give a quick shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall uh, on Archer Road or go visit them online at alumnihall.com for your largest and best selection of officially licensed Florida Gators apparels, hats, Yetis, accessories, and gifts. You can earn rewards for future uh, purchases uh, with their Hall Pass Rewards program as well. So go get your Nike Champion, Columbia, Coaches Polo, Sideline Gear, and more uh, at alumnihall.com or Alumni Hall in Gainesville, Florida on Archer Road. Gentlemen, we have an announcement looming today for four-star offensive tackle Fletcher Westfall. Uh, but before we talk about that, uh, Nick or uh, Zach, give us your thoughts on uh, on where the Gators are at this year from a recruiting perspective. Obviously, it, it's been a year like Florida hasn't had in a long time recruiting. Uh, but just give us kind of your your overall view, and then uh, tie that into Fletcher there at the end. Yeah, I mean, this is. Um... This is where they need to be at. Um, this is this is what one of the reasons Billy was hired was to have these type of recruiting results, and they've had them. Like their their month of June was incredible. They set a new standard for official visits. Um, at least in the modern recruiting era, seventeen official visitors was the most that Florida's ever had. Now I don't know about back in the days like Charlie Pell and. Um, if they used to bring a bunch of guys into one weekend, but that's never been done 17 in one weekend. Um, and then they follow that up with actually landing those guys and then guys in the weekends to follow. I think the whole um, event, or should I say just the experience that went down at Spurrier's where three guys committed at the restaurant, you know, in, in front of everybody, like that's um, – that to me kind of spoke to how this thing is trending and um, the momentum that this staff is starting to build on the recruiting trail. They were all, already had some elite commits in the class, um, but then to actually deliver throughout the OVs um, to get, uh, you know, Waller, you know, one of the top players in the country. Um, I thought that was really impressive and, and, and they're not done yet. Um, you know, they, they're going to, uh, I think, get Fletcher, today, which will give them four offensive linemen. Um, and I think a, a, a really solid class. A lot of these guys are uh, maybe not ranked as high outside of uh, Fletcher, but I mean, for Fletcher, they beat Clemson and Georgia and Arkansas for um, Marcus Maskell. They beat LSU. Um, and then for, for Mike Williams, uh, you know, he's a, a former South Carolina commit that they beat Miami for. So, those are some big recruiting battles that they want for those offensive linemen. Uh, and then they, they get the guy uh, from Germany as well that um, they went out there and scouted. So they, they know what they're getting from him. So, um, and then Bama I, just got the uh, number two player in Germany, some linebacker. I was like, Hey us. man, yeah. Saving, saving slipping a little bit, man. Yeah. Um, that's a, that's a new talent pool that I think, uh, you know, Florida starting to tap into, they, uh, like I said, they literally went out there and saw that kid. Um, mm. So uh, it's not like, you know, they just, they just took some project. So 
um, the, the, the recruiting that they've, they've put together, they're, they're, they're doing their homework or their evals are, are impressive. And then they're obviously getting elite guys as well. Um, you know, obviously DJ Lagway is the headliner, but they got a bunch of top 100, top 60 guys, uh, in this class. And once the cookout rolls around, they'll probably get a couple more commits. Um, they'll be at 17, you know, with Fletcher or excuse me, 18 with Fletcher, mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, they could have 20 plus commits going into the season and then only, you know, look, be looking to land, you know, a few select guys throughout the fall to kind of top it off and make it, uh, you know, a consensus uh, top five, top three class, which is what I think it can be. Uh, despite because we don't know where to see how the season is going to play out, uh, Zach, but um, say the season goes south. What 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 is this staff selling these recruits and and what's the likelihood of the class sticking together? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these this these guys are committing to a, a program that's coming off back to back six and seven seasons, so um, it's already looking bad. Uh, if we're talking about the product on the field, like these guys are clearly committed to the vision, they're clearly committed to the opportunity, they're committed to the roster rehaul. <laughs> Um, they, they, they know what's happening and and why they're being brought in. So I I think that if, uh, if anything, if the gate, if it's a really bad year, that might just, um, you know, kind of, uh, give them justification for their decision about feel if that factored into it about feeling like I can go in and play right away because this roster is not where it needs to be. Um, so, uh, I, I also don't think that, they would have too many guys that that could be poached. I think the ones that have a priority left, the running back, um, you know, maybe, you know, the I think the linebacker that committed at uh, Friday Night Lights, um, Aaron Childs, yeah, he might be one that they have to hang on to just because, um, you know, he's pretty far out of state coming from Maryland, and you got to think that there's going to be some other schools closer to home that are going to be fighting until the end. Um and he just showed up and committed on his visit first yeah. time. So, to me, he he's a guy like I think they'll have to hang on to. But, I mean, looking at their list, you know, the running back, Daniels, they're going to have to hang on to him. But I think having Waller committed is going to help with that. You know, the two friends out of Mississippi. Um, but most of their class, I think, will stick. Um, you know, especially the elite guys, which is important. All right. Let's see, uh, Zach. You think uh, UF takes what about twenty four, twenty five guys this class? Yeah, I don't know if they'll get to twenty five unless they have a. You know, I, I did the I crunched the numbers a while back, but you know they're going to have to have a, a good amount of attrition after the season to sign a full class. They got some um, names. Yeah, I mean they they could they could sign. I mean the limit's not an issue anymore. You can sign as many as you want. It's just the scholarship count. Like, how do they stay under eighty five? Um, and you also, or you don't want to sign your full scholarship amount just off your higher, like they're going to save at least mm-hmm. you, you would think yeah. two or three spots at a minimum for the transfer portal. Um, so, um, I think, you know, 23, 24 in that range. Mm. All right. So Florida's at 17 right now. Uh, Zach, we, uh, 
uh, reiterate or uh, brought it up that uh, Fletcher Westfall is going to announce his decision today. This is on Monday uh, at 11:45 or so. Uh, he is a four-star prospect out of Leesburg, Virginia, so not far outside of the DC area. Six foot eight, 335 pounds. Finalists include and where he took visits: uh, Arkansas, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, and Auburn. Um, Arkansas, obviously, their head coach is a former offensive line coach. Clemson, uh, obviously, been a, a very strong program over the last 10 years. Georgia, we get it. And then Auburn <laughs> uh, as well, right? So uh, Florida's going head-to-head with some really tough talent there. Uh, but right now, it does look like Florida's in a in a, a good spot to land him. Certainly, we, we don't know. There's been a couple crystal balls that have rolled in over the last few weeks. He visited UF. I think back on the 16th of June, so it's been a few weeks. Uh, he did visit Arkansas after, visited uh, Clemson beforehand. Uh, has a bunch of offers from all over the country. Uh, ranked as the number 20 offensive tackle uh, in the country, uh, or 23 offensive tackle if you look at uh, these composite rankings between 247 and on three. Um, but really good prospect. Um, any any thoughts there, gentlemen? Billy stuffs Kirby into a locker with Dabo. Yeah. That's with what Dabo. I think. With yeah, the, yeah, man, uh, a good good competition to be in. A, a kid that's that's uh, plays offense and defense in, in high school, but you can see the talent, the feet, the mean street. Um, I don't want to go too deep. I want to make sure we get get the commit before right. I start hyping them up too much. <laughs> but uh, would be a good haul. I know the fans are are at Stapleton and Rob sells a neck about the 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 star ranking of kids that they're bringing in. Uh, having two look at who they're beating. Mm. Right, right, right. That that also counts. But um, we got a four star. I did say I've been saying I want us to get a four star now in our arsenal uh, to close this this uh, class out with the offensive line. I think we still have an opportunity at another four star. I think with Seaton at IMG. Um, but the one thing I'll say with that is I think what negates that is when you get somebody like Goodwin in the portal and right, then right. A, a value transfer of uh, Micah's you know value right. because right. like. I mean, he's he's basically like a five star transfer, you know, right. uh, Micah. And then Goodwin's more of a, you know, he's going to have to develop. But like, you might as well have signed a five star, you know, the year before, if you, you know. So now you can't rely on that, right? But um, I, I I agree with you. Like they they have that's like the one knock I think that's still been out there on Florida recruiting is the O line. But to me, in that way, wow, not just these it, coaches. Yes. Yeah, but Years. the what to me the way that they first of all the the product that they put on the fit field last season speaks for right. itself, and then right. the you know finding Osiris Torrance you know in middle of Louisiana and turning him and putting a brick in the stadium like that speaks for itself. Um, and then I think again just flipping the that position after losing four starters, um, you know in the past you lose four starters like your offensive line is about to take a step back. And that might not happen with this year because of, you know, the guys that they brought in. Uh, if Mazuka is ready to go week one, that's going to be a good line. Looking forward to it. All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts before we get out of here today? Zach, thanks so much for filling in for, uh, for Nick. Absolutely. Your positivity man. was appreciated. No, it was, it was obviously good, always good hanging out with y'all, man. And it was cool to see Jeff. Um, you know, sure. I, I, I I covered him, I mentioned as a recruit, but uh I covered him during those those tough years, man. He 
he, you know, he was one of those quarterbacks that had a, uh, a difficult experience at Florida, but, you know, he rebounded and made the most of it. I was going to ask him to unblock me, but I was like, this is probably not the place of time for that. <laughs> no, he, um, I was glad he was a good sport though, man. Like, you know, it's a, it's a shame Herb had to leave. Right, they, right. They'd have done some damage. For sure. They would have re- they would have really won that national championship. In, yeah, in man. His whole his whole career, and that's just how fragile it be with these coaches. I know he said choose a program, but you also got to choose an offensive system, defensive systems. And he got he got um he got the bad end of that deal. I would say uh, we do have some decisions uh, coming up. I think soon. Teddy Foster made a top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, the defensive back out of Sarasota of, of Carolina Gators in Miami. Um, I don't think he's visited Miami yet, but he has visited Carolina and us. Yeah, no, I, I still really like Florida's chances uh, there. Um, I, I think that that decision gets announced uh, here pretty soon. I know he's trying to maybe get down to Miami, uh, but I, I love Florida's chances with Teddy Foster. What do you, what do you think about Jordan Ross? Real quick, I know we've got to get out of here, but Jordan yeah. Ross, defensive end, um, He's been hitting at some possible decisions, and and but he don't have an exact timeline. What do you what do you think about him being added to the uh, the commit list, uh, Zach? Yeah, don't sleep on Florida. Um, I I haven't covered him as closely as as closely as Keith Niebuhr, um, but he's basically said from you know the time that he went out to go see him, and then following up with him, um, Florida is a real player here, and that would be we talk about you know, recruiting competitions and who do you beat, that would be a huge upset if they find a way to get that pledge. I'm talking grease if we get him, bro. It's <laughs> oh, man. The, the defensive uh, hall might be crazy. Linebacker, I think it's all time. You add uh, uh, Jordan Ross, possibly LJ McCray, who I would like to add before the summer ends as well. Uh, maybe get him, Zay and Mincy on board, and you're talking about a solidified number two class uh, heading into the fall, but – it could be and all, you, and then you have all those guys recruiting Jeremiah Smith, right? Mm. Listen, they're not, they're not, they're not going to give up on that kid. That that recruitment yes, is they going should. down. He he is not one hundred percent committed to Ohio State. I will say that we need to start. We need to start. Fans need to start crowd surfing uh, an NIL package for <laughs> Jeremiah Smith. Like, get the GoFund going uh, and pass it around on Twitter. We'll, we'll get it going a little bit here. Yeah. Sorry, uh, Driscoll. No, no nil bag for you, bro. Man, man. <laughs> all, right. all right, gentlemen. Uh, Zach, we always do song of the week. Uh, you are the special guest today, uh, so you uh, you think about what song of the week you want here briefly. But before we do, again, uh, Alan, go, say what? Got to give him some Zach. He yeah, got yeah, to. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's only right. Yeah. Uh, uh, again, uh, go check out Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. Our friends over at Gataverse.io go buy tickets for that uh, for the practice for the TBT team as well as the fan fest that they're having. Tickets are really cheap, really inexpensive. Allows you with your family to be able to go and have a good time. Our friends over at HomeFieldApparel.com promo code Stadium and Gale and Alumni Hall and AlumniHall.com. Zach, what do we got today, brother? Let's do uh, let's do peaceful place. By Zachariah, which is uh, it's where I'm at right now, um, coming off vacation. And uh, let's play the song while Lamar Jackson's still playing for the Ravens. So that so that verse is makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we didn't do a life life wallet segment. Sorry, Harrison. We'll update you next week, man. Oh, it's terrible. We're 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 hitting we're hitting record lows every week, Harrison. Every week, uh, you know, it is cool to think about Florida looking at potentially renovating the swamp and having 400 million dollars. Is that 
A, we have the money to do it, and B, it's not uh, our efforts aren't being led by a, a rogue, uh, <laughs> soon to be SEC investigated um, a, attorney, CEO, whatever yeah. he is. So uh, it's good up here in Gainesville. Um, I hope his endeavor to uh, build the homeless shelter in Gainesville uh, is still on the top of his mind too. <laughs> uh, he had a, he he talked very greasy about Florida, uh, and he's been been missing over the last few months. Uh, still waiting on this Q. Uh, let's see, what are we at? Q four financials. It's been one year and six days since he last um, issued any sort of financial report on his business. So uh, things are not great in life, Wallace. So Harrison, <laughs> appreciate you checking out uh, and, and being concerned about my retirement. So, uh, <laughs> gentlemen, we will see you guys at the same corner, same time next week. Zach, we appreciate you filling in for Nick. Absolutely. Take care, fellas. Think of a place that's really perfect. Your own happy place. Go there, and all your anger will just disappear. Hey, how the vibes now? Yo, I need some space. I've been trying to take my mind to a peaceful place. I've been trying. But my demons race. You can see it in my face when the needle breaks. Every time. So I need some space. I've been trying to take my mind to a peaceful place. I've been trying. But my demons race. You can see it in my face. Hey. You can see it in my face when I'm pissed off. I get rude when my moves start to crisscross. One minute I be chilling, the next I'm a wreck from the stress I be feeling. That's why I left the building. I needed to escape. I'm always on the go, and sometimes I need a break, but I never hit the brakes. I just take a detour, headed to a new spot. I've been trying to see more. So much I can do, there's no way for me to be bored. Pursuit of happiness, I can never be like Eeyore. Gotta go explore, so I'm flying out to be more. To see Lamar Jackson in action. Threw for three scores and he ran for three more Never seen that before Then the next day I went walking by the seashore Life is such a reward Only if you keep your mind in the right place Like fingers on the keyboard Yo, I need some space I've been trying to take my mind to a peaceful place I've been trying But my demons race You can see it in my face when the needle breaks Every time So I need some space I've been trying to take my mind to a peaceful place I've been trying but my demons race, you can see it in my face. Hey. Especially when I'm stuck in traffic. Dude try to cut me off and I ain't gonna have it. I'm about to flick him off while I roll past him. Now I'm almost crashing, swerve with my backhand. Now I'm in the fast lane. Hundred seconds later, police asking for my last name. I ain't had my driver's license, so I had to call it. Now I got $400 coming out my wallet. Not an alcoholic, but I need to get a drink so I can clear my mind. I can't really think. It happens every time I get pushed to the brink. I be feeling on edge and I'm looking out of sync. But I don't need a shrink I just need some fresh air Walking through the woods Cause I never feel no stress there Had some rainy days I got sick of getting wet hair Found a peaceful place And it's giving me the best care Hey Yo, I need some space I've been trying to take my mind To a peaceful place I've been trying But my demons race You can see it in my face When the needle breaks Every time So I need some space I've been trying to take my mind To a peaceful place I've been trying but my demons race, you can see it in my face.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.